Hello and welcome to the Geek Standing Boyle Retrospective Podcast, where our UK team will be looking through the entire cinematic work of director Danny Boyle in chronological order, from his 1995 debut Shallow Grave to this year's Trainspotting 2. We'll have a new podcast up every Wednesday and every Saturday leading up to the US release of T2 on March the 17th. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout, and Geeks and Tessellate do not represent any of the companies or creative talents involved with any of these films. This podcast is 100% unofficial and independent. Geeks! Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Geeks Danny Boyle Retrospective Podcast. As we channel through all 12 Danny Boyle cinematic films from his 1995 debut Shallow Grave all the way up to the to Trainspotting 2, the American release on March the 17th. Today, episode 10, we're dealing with trance. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me on all of this journey... Alison Holland. And... Harikabe. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. We're back again. Yep. Three more films. Two more after this. Oh, right. And one of the only two films that none of us have seen in Ooh. his entire filmography. And I'm waging most people. I <laughs> 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 haven't seen. Seems like uh, it. So, came Trance 2013, uh, fairly hot on the heels of 127 hours. Um, sorry, not really hot on the heels. Three years later, actually. Three years mm. later. Um, so, apparently, they, they were filming this movie, and then they went and took a six-month hiatus while they did the London Olympics in 2012. Oh. Um, and then came back to finish it six months later, uh, which gave them a different perspective on it and the twists and turns and what they should be doing to help lay the right... <laughs> Seeds, apparently, <laughs> as I was just reading. Uh, directed, of course, by Danny Boyle. Written by... Um, well, the original screenplay and story is by a guy called Joe Ahern. Ahern? I don't know how you say his name. Um, <laughs> he has not really written anything else I have seen, uh, but he's written and directed a whole bunch of TV stuff here in the UK, including Ultraviolet, A Bit of This Life, way back in 97. Um, he also did Apparitions, um, Secret of Crickley Hall... Um, and oh, hang on, here's something interesting that I didn't know and I should have noticed beforehand. Oh, Which is what? he wrote mm-hmm. and directed in 2001 a feature film for TV called Trance about a oh. guy called Tony who works in an auction house where he's surrounded by many valuable works of art, enlisting the help of London gangster. Uh, he plans to steal a painting, but things get complicated when the heist leaves Tony concussed and Brendan with no painting. So he's already made this film <laughs> uh, like 12 years prior. And it was a TV for movie. TV. Uh, for a TV movie that he directed himself. Huh. Um, and then he returned apparently for this version to write it again uh, for Danny Boyle. But Danny Boyle brought in one of his own screenwriters to help spruce it up. John Hodge returns, uh, who wrote Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, A Lifeless Ordinary, The Beach, and since then has been absent from Danny Boyle's life mm. but in my mind many of my personal favourite Danny Boyle films some mm-hmm. of those early ones um, and now he's back for the first time uh, in all those years with Trance uh, it stars people like James McAvoy <laughs> whoop whoop <laughs> Vincent Cassell Woo! I love Vincent Cassell <laughs> Rosario Dawson Yay. and other people too um I don't know any of the other people. Do you know any of the other people in this movie? Not really. No, no not really. Uh, they're very important. But Danny Sapin, Pani, Matt Cross, Wahab Sheik, 
Mark Poltimore. I don't even know which one's which. Mm. Tuppence <laughs> Middleton. I've heard her name before. Yeah, that, isn't that the, is that the English girl? That was the girl in the car. Yeah, I yeah. think I recognise her face. Mm. Mm. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It has, oh, that's got a 7.0 on IMDb. Oh, that's fairly high. It is high. Um, the official synopsis for this film from Fox Searchlight. Uh, is a fine art auctioneer mixed up with a gang joins forces with a hypnotherapist to recover a lost painting as boundaries between desire, reality and hypnotic suggestion begin to blur. The stakes rise faster than anyone could have anticipated. <laughs> so, this movie uh, came out... So, Daniel Boyle, yeah, like those three years are quite a long time in this day and age. I feel you used mm-hmm. to be able to take a a sabbatical from directing or doing something in the art well, world when he first started it was like every year yeah he was doing stuff but i feel like it didn't used to matter quite as much just but even with bands i remember bands used to in my teen years you'd put out an album once every three to five years and no one would care now you gotta have something every six months or they forget all about you um and three years at this point in his career is a little while to be away but mm. he was in the olympic games so over here he was right. still and he well known and he was doing plays as well, right? Frankenstein yeah. King was exactly. around the same time. He did a Frankenstein play, which was then filmed and shown on TV. Um, but I couldn't get hold of a copy of that. So we're not including it because it wasn't a cinematic mm-hmm. release. Although I do believe it did have a very limited cinematic like run of the theater being filmed or whatever or something like right. that at the time. Um, but yeah, three years is, is, is a while for him. Um, so to come back with something particularly routine with John Hodge... I had no idea John Hodge had returned for this. I heard about Trance. I never went to see it mm-hmm. because it kind of was out such a brief amount of time in mm. cinemas that I didn't even really notice it. And then when it went straight to DVD after that, I, and particularly in America, because I was in America quite a bit at that point, I didn't notice it in any cinemas. I'd have to check if it got a proper release right. or not. I feel it must have been a limited release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember going to see another film in the cinema and seeing a trailer for this in the cinema. Right. And thinking, oh yeah, new Daniel Boyle film. I should probably go and see it. But then, yeah, before I knew it, the cinema run was over. So, yeah, didn't get to get. get yeah, so it says here it did get an official release in UK um, and most of the world, but in America, it just got a very limited um, cinematic release. Mm. Um, and I didn't really like the box art, to be honest. Um, and I didn't. I kind of looked up a couple of reviews, and they weren't, you know, that stellar. So I kept, it was one of those films where I just kept being like, I've got to get around to this at some point because it's Danny Boyle, but just completely forgot about it, to be honest. Ali, do you heard about this movie? I had not. Okay. All right. <laughs> so after, other than Millions, this is the only one none of us had seen. Yep. Um, so it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you a fan of James McAvoy? Um, I loved him in Last King of Scotland and seeing him, I remember seeing him in a couple of, films i can't remember which ones um and liking him i'm not a big x-man franchise follower so i don't really know his work on that but yeah i do like him okay i can't think of anything i would have seen him in we just saw him in split oh well but but like from growing up and okay you don't really know him very well then Mm-mm. interesting okay mm. um he was i mean yeah he's, he's a big deal over here uh, but i guess he is bigger if you're a geek and yeah you're into the x-men movies he's he plays the young professor x obviously and all those um what did he get known for over here he, well, he had a small bit in band of brothers very early in his career um then he was in starter for 10 was the big one after last king of scotland right becoming jane atonement was a big oh one. yeah 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 wanted 
Um, and then he started doing the X-Men ones. And um, after this film, Trance, he did Filth, which was actually oh, yeah. a uh, yeah, thingy about film. Yeah. What's his name? Um, Excellent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is weird when you look at the uh, Irvine Welsh, sorry. It is weird when you look at these actors that you think are huge, like they have such a big presence, which for, for McAvoy does over here. But then you look through here to list of films and it's really mostly for like three films. Yeah. It's the reason these actors get more, really big. Yeah. Um, he's in all the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby films, which oh. uh, I find, uh, I like those. And yeah, Split. And he's got a Nomeo and Juliet sequel coming up. Everyone oh. be excited for that. Oh, wow. Baslam in Romeo and Juliet. No, the Nomeo. Oh no! Oh Nomeo, <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Forget uh, about that Baslam okay. and shit. The okay. Nomeo and Juliet. Okay. How about Vincent Cassel, Alison? Have you heard of this guy before? <gasps> no. He's a truly oh. great actor. Yeah. French, obviously. I love him. He is wonderful. Uh, yeah. He became very big in France for La Haine, yeah. which was in '94 or '5. Um, that was a big, big deal. Yeah. Really gritty, black and white. It was kind of like a. France's pop fiction, I guess. Oh, okay. Better than pop fiction. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Big words. Another podcast. <laughs> um, yep. He became big internationally for Irreversible. Yeah. Um, and then Black Swan. Yeah. He's in Black Swan as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love Vincent Cassell. Great actor. He's amazing. And then Rosaria Dawson. who oh, And now all I can think of is from all of the Marvel Netflix shows of Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones as the nurse who patches everybody up and right. occasionally sleeps with people that's <laughs> yep. kind of all she is to me now yeah well um, <laughs> yep. yes also death proof and sin city and other films as well right here we go there we go <laughs> i could i could feel some apathy setting in i kind of i'm hoping i'm hoping for some joy some anger some tears whatever you're feeling guys other than a shrug Confusion? from Haruka. Is that an <laughs> option? <laughs> so I was reading up about this movie um, and why he chooses. It's kind of always interesting why a director chooses to do what they do. Mm. We were talking about a little bit when we were getting food in um, earlier that he was saying when you make a big, big movie like Slumdog was, you make tons and tons and tons of money, which that movie truly did uh, compared to its budget. Because its budget, I think I said it was $15 million at the time and it made $150 million, mm, um, like gross. Then you get a free card, and they use that up with 127 hours, uh, which cost 18 million, I think I said, and it made 18 million <laughs> back. Um, and he really said, after that, you're kind of back to square one in terms of you've got to go out, you've got to pitch your movies, you've got to convince people they want to tell the story that you want to tell. And that's what they did with this one. Um, it cost, I tell you what, do you want to guess how much this one cost? Whew. How much more or less is it than Slumdog or 127 Hours? I don't know. It has... Probably between 15 and 18. Mm. She's saying around about the same. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm still confused that 127 Hours cost more, more than, than yeah. Slumdog. Yeah. You have to bear in mind, Slumdog Dev was nothing at the time of Slumdog. So none yeah. of their cast cost them any money. True. James Franco would have been a big wedge anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then creating that set, like as much as travel costs, India probably isn't that expensive to shoot in. Mm. Um, And they were using Bollywood crews, so yeah. Whereas 127 hours was much more of a production. Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. Well, all right. Uh, (laughs) I'd say about the same as 120. Okay, you're not far off. This was more expensive than either of those last two films. Uh, This was 20 million. Okay. It cost to make. 
Would you like to know how much it made? <laughs> Would we? <What>? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it actually did. Or, okay, so here's the weird thing. The domestic gross, so we're talking America each time for this, okay. is just under two and a half million. Not great for a 20 million budget. Mm -hmm. However, with foreign, this had a collective 24.2 million dollar, mm. um, sorry, gross, which mm -hmm. is actually bigger, yeah. a bigger return than 127 hours. Interesting. Because it made money on its gross, which 127 hours barely just by about 500,000 made money on its gross. Mm. Uh, which for a film which I didn't know, I don't know anybody who's seen this film. Mm -hmm. It's surprising, but in some markets, it must have done well. But mm. then maybe in Russia, maybe who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, car chases and like heist movies tend to do quite well in Russia. I yep. heard. Um, no, that's why I'm feeling. Yeah. This has a flavor to me, or something that would be do like it's a mindfuck movie. There are car yeah. chases. There's lots of fancy buildings. Yeah. There's naked women. It's like yeah. it feels like yep, that could be marketable mm -hmm. in certain countries. But yeah, I was really surprised with that. So technically a better success gro on gross anyway. Mm -hmm. I feel 127 hours probably made more money in DVDs and, you know, that market after it got its picture nominations and yeah. things like that. Right. Uh, this certainly did not get any picture nominations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm reluctant to get into this movie, I'll be honest with you. Holy shit. Yep. What? Just, I, I, I'm feeling like that feeling after millions in many ways where you just like, whether you look at this movie as a movie or whether you look at it as a Danny Boyle movie. Right. And, and particularly at that point in his career. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and this is one of those films where I feel there's three ways to look at this. One is, yeah, as a Danny Boyle movie. The other way is just as a movie that you just rented out and you just, like, know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And the third way is, well, it's a mindfuck movie. And in mm -hmm. the interviews I read with him, he was citing inspiration of films like Eternal Sunshine, mm -hmm. Inception, okay. yep. Memento. Memento, I can see a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, true mindfuck movies that, you know, are meant to toy with you and play you perfectly and you don't see the twist come in and you're left feeling confused and satisfied and exhilarated. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I could see that they were trying to go for that angle. Absolutely. Definitely, where they, they succeeded in achieving that. Um, let's, let's, let's see, see shall we? I've written <laughs> no notes for this movie. I, I have wrote to admit. one bullet point and then never picked up my paper again. <laughs> I, so I, part, I partly didn't because it, so much is happening in this. Mm -hmm. yep. But then I also partly didn't because I just lost the will to live, <laughs> to be honest. So when this movie starts, um, okay, actually, let, let's, let's go through the Wikipedia um, a little bit. Annoyingly, the Wikipedia synopsis was just pretty huge because it's a complicated plot to try and get across. Right. Simon, who's played by McAvoy, is an art auctioneer becomes an accessory to the theft of a painting Goya's witches in the air from his own auction house when a gang attacks during an auction Simon follows the house emergency protocol by packaging the painting the gang's leader Frank Cassell sorry played by Cassell then takes takes the package from him at gunpoint Simon attacks Frank who delivers him a blow to the head that leaves him with amnesia so the immediate beginning uh, when I started this movie I had open my arms for it so I was making proper notes mm -hmm. on it um like, it kicks off immediately with VO again for the yep. first time in a while. We return. Uh, it came straight in. There was just immediately a shot. There's no preamble. There's no kind of leading you into it. And then you get this montage as he's explaining to you what you do if you ever have a robbery in an art auction mm -hmm. and what you're trained to do um, as an art auctioneer. Yep. And it's a really strange beginning because I'm watching it and I'm still kind of giving it the benefit of doubt at that point. Mm -hmm. 
and they kind of have this montage of black and white shots, colorful shots, a bunch of different things like happening to, you know, showcase you, here's what could happen if this had happened and here's what happens if this happens. And there's a lot of production going on mm-hmm. and you have this VO and I can see, I'm like, I'm thinking like from the writing of it, I can completely see how this could be great. Like this feels mm-hmm. like on paper, yeah, this could be like a train spotting beginning or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. With like a heist going on. Yeah. But none of it's there like it just mm. everything about it from the set to the music that they pick they go through mm-hmm. three tracks at the beginning the first the second one's all right the third one gets a bit better the first one's awful it's just this droney like it doesn't have any energy to it mm-hmm. which is unusual for danny boy and then the way he's directed the vo mm-hmm. it's so boring like there's nothing i mean you, we get a scottish accent again which is kind of reassuring <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but it's just for some reason, it's like all the little pieces, just none of them fit together. Interesting. Did you, were you enjoying it I again? actually liked the VO because okay. I thought it felt quite intimate and it was very quiet, but he was talking about the painter who like painted himself in one of his um, mm. paintings Rembrandt. with the, yeah, yeah, and stuff. And I was really liking it until he decided to break the fourth wall. Oh yeah. And then yeah. it really threw me off and I was like, what, why, why? Yeah, um, you have this horrible cheesy setup of James McAvoy looking into camera knowingly, and then it gradually just like pans back and forth, and then it keeps returning to that throughout the entire opening of him just looking at you, <laughs> which gives you the impression. I mean, a yeah, it's cheesy as fuck, mm-hmm. but it also gives the impression that he's behind everything, that he's like the mastermind of yeah, the film. That's yeah, what it's trying everything. to put in your yeah. head, I think. Yeah. It's like a knowing wink to the to the audience, mm-hmm. which doesn't work for every reason in this movie. But no. you, you, you're like sitting there grinning and nodding along. No, I, I wasn't crazy about it. I don't think the like calmness of it bothered me, but I didn't really know what to feel about it until the movie kept going, and then I was like, well, this is very confusing, and I randomly hate different characters and it's constantly switching and so just none of it was working really and then they mm-hmm. returned to it for a second um when the robbery is actually happening because one of the things he kept repeating was of life is or no painting is worth the life of a human or something along those mm-hmm. lines mm-hmm. and that was really the only time i thought about it again was when that came back and then everything just Mm. Well, that painting was worth twenty four and a half million yeah. pounds. That's worth more than my life. I can tell you right <laughs> now, that painting is worth more than my life for sure. Um, yeah, for me, I just really, for me, I was just having one of those weird moments at the beginning of this movie where I watch a film and I'm like, I can see how this should be working. Like on paper, I really can get it, but none of it's working. And for me, it just was this amalgamation of every element was just slightly off. Like all mm-hmm. of them. Like if the music had been a different choice, it could have worked for me. Mm. If he had been directed in a different way, it could have worked for me. If like just that set had looked a little different, like just everything was just slightly off. And there's some really great talent here. I mean, the writers proved he's a great writer. The director's obviously <laughs> worth doing an entire podcast series <laughs> yeah. over. James McAvoy can be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of the actors are actually bad no. in this mm-hmm. movie. No. Um, there's just something about how it's all been put together mm-hmm. that really bothers me. Um, and I don't even know, and that's why I'm interested with you guys, I don't know if it's the script's fault because, or if it's the editing's fault, or if it's, yeah, an amalgamation of, like I say, lots of little things just being off enough to make a big off. But I might be wrong. You guys might have got to the end and loved it. I'm guessing from your faces. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. 
Um, they do show, so I was making notes at the beginning, they show Simon losing a game of online cards straight away to kind of show you this is a natural loser. They show you his gambling addiction there without you really realizing that yeah. they're showing mm -hmm. you his gambling addiction. Um, and then we do get uh, one of our very, I mean, there's a few Danny Ball cool shots in this movie. Mm -hmm. He uses reflection in some cool ways, mm -hmm. refraction in some cool ways. Um, and we get one of his with um, Vincent Cassell going down the garbage chute the builder's garden shoot oh, at yeah. the beginning, which is very Danny Ball on the inside to shoot, like mm -hmm. going down with him. Um, but there's not much Danny Ball fun happening in this mm -hmm. film. I no, I, I thought it was the most un-Danny Boyle film we've watched so far. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so when, okay, so they leave him, he gets smacked in the head, he gets left with amnesia. When Frank gets home, he discovers that the package contains only an empty frame. After ransacking Simon's apartment and trashing his car, the gang kidnaps and unsuccessfully tortures him by pulling off his nails. Hey. Yeah, not nice. No. Uh, but he has no memory of where he uh, has hidden the painting. Frank decides to hire a hyper, uh, sorry, hypnotherapist, <laughs> hypertherapist, <laughs> a hypnotherapist to try to help him remember. So this is about the point in the film where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Because the relationship between Frank and Simon is so weird anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't figure out if they're meant to have been friends or meant to have been in on it or if they're yeah. blackmailing him or what's going on, which I guess is the point. You're not meant mm -hmm. to know yeah. anyone's relationship. No. But then it's like, how can you care when you don't understand anyone's relationship and you can't trust anything? Right. Um, I'm guessing we're meant to be on Simon's side. We're meant to feel he's a victim. That's yeah. That's yeah. what I how I felt until uh, whenever he first admits that when you find out that they were working together, it's much later on. But but being on his side and liking him are two very different two very different <laughs> things. <laughs> so I understood. Right. Hey, I think I'm supposed to be on his side, but I don't really like him, mm -hmm. nor do I really like any of them actually. Yeah. Well, okay, so Simon chooses a hypnotherapist from a directory at random, supposedly, and he chooses a woman named Elizabeth Lamb, who is yeah. played by Rosaria Dawson. So here's my problem with this film. Um, like, I kind of guess it's like 127 hours. It's called Trance. From all the poster designs, like, I personally haven't read a synopsis, so I really knew nothing about this. Mm -hmm. But just from... The, I do, the one thing I do remember from reading about it before is, like, it's a twisty-turny movie. Mm -hmm. And it does make it sort of pretty clear early on this is going to be a bit of a head fuck movie. You don't know who you can trust. Mm -hmm. And from the fact it's called Trance, I know it's going to have a lot to do with hypnotherapy. And they put it, it's very contrived to get him to go to hypnotherapy mm -hmm. to begin with. It's just so, I just, for art, like for thugs and gangsters to decide, oh, no, let's go to hypnotherapy. That's how we'll get this information <laughs> out of you. It's just so weird and contrived right. that from it being called trance, having that early on, I know, well, hypnotherapy has to be a big part of this movie. Like, it can't just be a one session and we're done. It's got to be a big thing uh -huh. going into people's minds in this movie. And as soon as he meets Rosario Dawson, she gives him a weird look. And you're immediately like, oh, something weird's going on here. She knows him from somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then literally within, for me, with uh, not... I'm not going to say I had it all figured out or anything, but within 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, she's behind all of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she can immediately send him into a trance. She makes him do stuff, which is completely like, or believe stuff immediately, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And isn't really how hypnotherapy works. But <laughs> they're going with that. He's one of the 5% who can be controlled by hypnotherapy or whatever. Right. And I was just like, well, she's clearly, I don't know how or why, but she's clearly Somewhere behind all of this. And then yeah. later on when she mentions the abusive boyfriend, I'm like, well, clearly he was in the abusive boyfriend and it has something to do with that. 
not to skip right to the end but why she wanted the <laughs> painting i don't i don't fucking understand why yeah. she wanted the painting that just seems to be thrown in there but really early on then i'm just like well i know clearly she's behind all of this and i don't care yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um how was it for you guys in going into the weird you know like did you find her off at any point or you did you did I you found i feel like i found all of them off just every other minute <laughs> Like there was always something that someone was doing that I was like, well, I don't mm. trust you. I don't trust any of you. Yeah. I think everyone's thinking they're in a partnership with somebody else, but it's not working. And it was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they tr- like tried to kind of justify why she wanted the painting. And it was her saying that she hypnotizes him. You're going to forget about me, but get the girl a painting, mm. which is why he wants to steal it anyway. Mm-hmm. And she... Like says something along the lines of needing like something as a memory Mm -hmm. but then in my mind i don't understand why she wants the memory if he was abusive yeah yeah but then she also mentions to frank it doesn't make me think of him though it makes me think of you yeah which was cute but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i I know i'm very confused yeah i didn't make that connection between the film's title and the hypnotherapy thing so i didn't see that coming into yeah the storyline but like yeah i just couldn't buy into the whole like hypnotherapy being able to like mind control people and stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah so i guess that kind of stopped me from kind of believing anything that anyone did in the film and stuff so that yeah and just the cartoon setup then you got a bunch of gangsters sitting in a van directly outside listening on headphones (laughs) it's just yeah it was just immediately just seems so dumb yeah and it was taking itself so seriously yeah yep. and with, with the wire poking out of his shirt yeah <laughs> it's like oh i was like are these a bunch of clowns <laughs> like they don't know what they're doing and when you're name checking films like eternal sunshine and inception and memento they all gave us central characters that were tragic and you mm-hmm. really cared about and you were on their journey yeah i think that's what they wanted us to be with <laughs> yeah. but I didn't care about him and I didn't trust him. No. Like I, I knew that she definitely had a central thing, but I didn't know if he was in on it or mm-hmm. not with her. Um, so if you don't have a central character you trust, no, Cause particularly like, in a film like this. Yeah, because like all he, we know about him is that he had gambling addiction and therefore he tried to like take part in this heist and that's not Fair very likable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I yeah. also, the whole time I... Because the second session he has with her that we see is when she's holding up the cards saying, are you in trouble? Mm -hmm. Are they outside? Are they listening? And then when she is about to speak into the microphone, she holds one up that says, I can help you. Mm -hmm. And so the whole time I'm confused as shit. But in my head, I'm like, no, there was that sign. Maybe somehow it'll all come together in the end and we'll see that there was a plan the whole time. And then Mm -hmm. that didn't happen either. All right, so let's just skip all the middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, it, it goes on for ages here, but like it's just random stuff basically yeah. happens. So them trying to get this memory from him and they try everything and then you start getting confused about what's real and what's not real when mm-hmm. you're in his head, when you're not. Blah, blah, blah. Who trusts who? People get shot and die and then yeah. they don't and they're back yeah. in the next thing. And yeah. Who sleeps with who? Yeah. yeah which, and is it real or is yeah. it a dream? Yeah, we'll get to the most ridiculous scene I've ever seen, I think, in the history of cinema. <laughs> it. But... Okay, so skip to the end. Let's just try and piece it together for what it is then. Let's give them like some 
some time on this podcast. <laughs> I could just finish this podcast right now, but let's give them some time since they put any effort to shoot this and spend six months away from it and come mm-hmm, back come and rethink back. it and <laughs> try and assemble something. Mm. They've so, been great before that. Yeah, it, mm. but that is like, genuinely you know a thing. This needs more turns. Too much time can yeah, ruin something. Mm, but maybe it's even more of a mess. We have no idea. Who knows? So we have James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. We get their story at the end fairly explicitly laid out what yes. happened. So they met through his gambling obsession. They fell in love. They had an affair. He then becomes more and more. I don't know why it's called an affair. When I know. I was wondering, wondering the same thing. Is really she understand. supposed to have been with someone? I think technically you can have your license taken away as a, as a hypnotherapist, okay. uh, psychotherapist. If you're. Um, well, that makes like sense. Patient you're patient doctor. Be with your patient yeah. and you could. Um. Okay. But they start sleeping with each other. They then fall in love. Then he starts getting crazy jealous. And when I say crazy jealous, I mean crazy jealous. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree, again, which to me is just so dumb. Like, so dumb. Because they don't show that. He seems so lovely. But mm-hmm. he has a gambling thing. But, oh, he's so sweet. And he kind of talks about <laughs> it. And there's a rapport immediately. And then he's just screaming at some dude in the restaurant. <laughs> and making yeah. him sit down in front of her. And then hits her. Doesn't show remorse. Was like no, he would show remorse for that. Like maybe he would keep hitting her at other times and being angry, but he would mm. looks like the guy would be sorry. Mm-hmm. But then apparently he writes all these emails and then he tries to just strangle her. Yeah, he's like crying outside her door saying, "Please, mm. please let me in." Yep. And then when she finally does, he immediately just starts, starts to just throw. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "It's fine, it's fine, it's not fine." <laughs> She's like, "You're hurting me. It's not okay." Which I'm not trying to make light oh. of physical abuse, but the way it's portrayed in this it just is not believable no. to no. the characters. <laughs> Then, uh, so then she basically starts to, uh, yeah, and then they just quickly add in, oh, and by the way, you kept doing your hypnotherapy sessions. Even though I was trying to get away from you, I was allowing you to do hypnotherapy sessions throughout. Why? Because I need it in the plot to show how I gradually get you to forget about me. Right. That's the only reason. And it's just like they make up stuff when they need it in this film. Also, the way she makes him forget about her is very simple. All she says is, you will forget about me. You feel me slipping away. Yep. But... Don't forget to steal the painting for me. Yes. Right. Yes. So then she does that. She gradually gets him to forget, but then says also, yeah, steal a painting for me when you've forgotten about me. Yeah. Why she wants that painting, I have no clue. She has a relationship to the paintings only because of him. Right. Yeah. So whether she really does want just a memento of their time together, whether she wants Maybe him to get in trouble and caught. Maybe that was the good time that they had that she associates. Maybe. Oh, buy a book. The times that they're <laughs> good point. Print. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. So unless she wanted him to get caught in trouble, which I don't get that impression, I don't understand. Yeah. In any way, other than again, we need that plot contrivance for what's happened. Also, he does remember her name because when he calls the girl Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'm not Elizabeth," and is confused, and then he gets in the car, and that's when he kills her. But then when he goes to the office and she says, I'm Elizabeth, it doesn't yeah. affect him at all. Yeah. But that's why but that's he chose her. After he's blacked out. Yeah. Because he throttles a girl in the car before he blacks out. Once he's been hit on the head, but he's still kind of motor functioning. Okay. Yeah. Then he blacks out. And then when he comes to, he can't and remember. Wakes up and up. when Is Vincent Cassell makes him choose a hypnotherapist, he yeah, chooses he her like because... Her yeah, because yeah, it's something in there is remembering it, but he's not yeah. really... Not to mm-hmm. make excuses for this <laughs> <laughs> mess yeah. of a fucking film. <laughs> So then, yeah, so then, <sighs> so then he does forget about her pretty much, sort of, maybe. Does this whole thing to steal the painting um, by taking money. Or doesn't he borrows money off of? He Frank paid Cassell? off 
his gambling debt and there you said, go. instead of you paying me back, steal this painting for me. Yeah. Was he going to get cut of that? Is that made clear? No, I no, think he, pay, he was just, just get me the painting and you're yeah. completely free. So he's meant to assist with this, but then he's been told by her to steal the painting. And completely a weird, another weird coincidence that a gangster wants that painting, but then she said, steal it for me the as well. But he yeah. went to Vincent Castle, though, saying, we, oh, we're going to get this. this painting in the auction house. So okay. he planted it, but um, okay. still, it's a bit... Mm. So then he gets knocked out, sort yeah. of, but wakes up. He's already got the painting on him. He then wanders out. No one seems to notice him. Nope. Fine. With blood down uh, his face. Goes into a car in the middle of a busy street. No one seems to notice. <laughs> Throttles the woman in the front seat. We yeah. see him do it. Mm-hmm. She has to end up in the boot somehow <laughs> in a huge busy street in the middle of London. <laughs> yep. No one seems to notice. Drives the car somewhere, parks it. Then walks to the hospital. We never see what happens no, after. How does he? How he gets there? We don't he just see. Wakes up. He blacks out at some point, but somewhere people will find him. Wakes yeah. up in the hospital. Vincent Cassell wants his painting, obviously, and thinks they've got a relationship. Doesn't realize that he can't remember stuff. So then he convinces him to do hypnotherapy again, purely by coincidence. Because yep. mm-hmm. James McAvoy doesn't even suggest that. Which you think that would be an easy way around that plot ridiculousness, <laughs> mm-hmm. but nope. He then picks her, sort of remembering her name, but not really. Mm-hmm. Goes and does the sessions with her. Takes her a little while to then figure out what's going on and where her fucking painting is that she wants <laughs> so badly for some reason. Then she convinces Vincent Cassell that she's necessary. I don't even understand. Like That whole conversation where she talks him into, oh, I need to be a part of your team, essentially. Yeah. And an mm-hmm. equal... Yeah. I need an equal cut, otherwise he won't trust me if you guys don't trust Yeah, me. like I have to be a part, I didn't understand. And then <laughs> hypnotherapy won't work because unless he trusts her completely and he knows that he's completely safe, but he, yeah, she, she can't get to that p- part of his memory, although yeah. like, yeah, she can Without still... Without the power mm. of sex, <laughs> Yes, apparently. Well, that's what she tells Vincent Cassell, but then does she, she clearly, does she have a thing going with Vincent Cassell? Do you think she does actually like him? Or is that fake? I don't know. I think it felt that way, but I wasn't quite sure if they had a thing going on before yep. this heist or like only it only happened after the heist. Yeah. Yeah, I bit... can tell that if there was like another double thing going yeah. on there. That's why when like she mentioned having an affair, I thought maybe she was married to Vincent Cassell, but then oh. apparently he sh- they yeah. weren't. So, yeah. Oh. I thought it would tidy up a lot if you knew her and Vincent had actually been together for ages and it was mm. all a big thing between both of them. And she had like run away from Vincent at one point and met James, or was actually having, yeah, like you mm. said, actually having I mean, an affair with McAvoy. Yeah. But no, we're not given enough information for any of that to no. make sense. Um, and then I don't understand, yeah, I don't understand why she would have to have sex with McAvoy, or is that just from her head knowing what he used to be in love with me? Because then we have him in a CAT scan with this fancy little thing where your memories <laughs> are p- fucking. <laughs> Instagram uh, on a computer yeah. <laughs> as images of people and things in your life. Yeah. That's how cat scans He doesn't work. question how she... Because it sounded like she had gathered these photos and they were on display in whatever head mask he was wearing with mm-hmm. his little finger clips that were going to shock him if he thought about her. But he doesn't... No one questions how she had access to all of these childhood photos <laughs> of him. And photos of siblings, I'm assuming, when they're five. and I hate... Sorry, go on. Yeah, and she, like, monitors his brain activity, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, 
does hypnotherapists actually know how to work these CAT scans and like how to monitor? They also never showed any machinery that was showing brain activity. No. It was just pictures, and any time he <laughs> yeah his attention her, was drawn to that, it would like enlarge yeah. and then go back. I hate technology, modern technology in films, and especially when it's done like this, mm-hmm. which this dumb. Yeah, like they do, they do like him watching his own memories from a third person perspective which i appreciate is you know but it's an interesting way to show that in film and mm-hmm. the way that internal sunshine would have done it and he's watching his third person memories through a fucking ipad <laughs> he just yeah. really i just i couldn't i couldn't even begin to stomach it i was <laughs> really just tuning out for all of this section then it started to bring me back in a little bit more towards the end where you realize okay we're going to get some reveal maybe it's all going to magically make sense <laughs> But it doesn't. <laughs> no, like everything that we just <laughs> okay. said happens basically, and then then uh, yeah. James McAvoy is still kind of convinced by that she's. Oh fuck it, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, I'm running out of steam. Like, he yeah. then goes crazy, kills everyone without giving a shit yeah. about it, which yeah. again is like it's not how he's portrayed at any other no. point in the he film. He shoots one guy in the dick. Yeah, yeah. leaves him crawling on the floor. Yeah. There's a couple of cool moments in here. Like, there's a couple of cool shots. Like, when f- when he does the fake shooting of Vincent Cassell and his brain yeah. blows up, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the shadow silhouette, pretty yellow. Yeah. And then Vincent Cassell come up with half his brain gone. Yeah. That was probably at least $5 million <laughs> to get some of those effects gone. <laughs> um, there are some cool shots here yeah. and there. But just it, nonsense. Yeah, just didn't make any sense. That was my main... Didn't make any sense. No. And it all culminates with them then finding the painting in the car... Then him trying to kill Vincent Cassell. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because just jealousy. Now he still thinks. I don't really understand. I think in yeah. his head he's also not sure who to trust. Okay. Mm. So just like he's like, I don't know what is hypnotherapy. I don't know who I'm actually siding with. Mm. But then Rosario Dawson has a brilliant idea. So here's here's the setup for the ending. <laughs> you have Vincent Cassell in a car on fire, with him a, covered in petrol that came tying, out of nowhere. Yeah, tying his wrist to the car. Yeah. Which he could easily break. We have James man. McAvoy standing on top of the car. When it goes into the water, he's standing on like oh, on top of the yeah. car. Well, he's he's like pinned, pinned by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have Rosario Dawson who goes to get a truck and decides, I know how I'll save him. I will run them both into the <laughs> ocean. So Where not, not on only fire. is he on fire, he might drown now. <laughs> And then doesn't even do anything, just stands there and waits for him to, for Vincent Cassell to bob out. Whereas we don't see McAvoy again, do we? Sequel. He. Oh, no, we don't. No, nope. we don't. No. He's just apparently gone. Yeah. <laughs> even but though. Vincent got out of the car. Yeah. With all the water. Whereas Vincent went in. through all of that <laughs> and got out fine. And with McAvoy, maybe had a couple of ribs broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And had a dunk in the water, but he just disappears. That was her bright idea anyway. Yeah. And then she runs off with the painting, disappears, and sends him a fucking YouTube video of yeah. <laughs> her sends standing. Sends him an iPad. Yeah, with a weird Here's app a, that yeah. appears in the middle <laughs> of a video. Saying, I'm not going to sell it and I'm not going to return it because it means too much to me, basically. Why? I still <laughs> don't know. I don't understand. <sighs> I would have liked it better if the painting caught on fire with the car. That would have been yeah. cool. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything. Yeah. The oh, <laughs> of this film. Yeah, I guess like sh- James McAvoy was like saying something about you know not having any 
pubic hair is like something yeah, something and modern painting blah 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 so let's let's uh, let's get to it it's 2013 okay, i it's cannot <laughs> i've never seen a scene <laughs> i don't know if i've ever seen a scene as bizarre <laughs> and fucking awful as the sex scene between him and rosario dawson in this yeah. film we've just had the cassell scene which is showing you pretty like fairly well shot sex like not amazingly but like they're passionate and there's some reflections going on and then she goes you know to give james McAvoy sloppy seconds essentially <laughs> <laughs> which is really in my head and just like you just had sex like, yeah. calm down and then she Be gets fair, he shows up at her apartment and, and runs in tries to her rape her. her he does <laughs> and then yeah and then she stands up to like go oh i know what you want what with the context later it makes obviously a bit more sense than it does at the time in the film but the way the scene is done, it's fucking awful. She just stands up, walks away. He's just sitting there. You hear a shaver go. I'm thinking, what the hell is happening? You're like in your head, I don't know about YouTube, but in your head, you're like, well, there's only like three areas you can shave. And I doubt I it's going to be legs. Yeah, I don't. Or armpits. And why? It's, it's electric. So that's... I'm like, it's obviously not going to be in the vagina area. She's clearly shaving her hair off. Yeah. I was like, why is she shaving yeah. her hair off? Is he into Natalie Portman from Viva Vendetta Days? I don't... And then she comes wandering out and you get... And they've made very careful with the Vincent Cassell shots to not show her naked at any point. Yeah. Which seemed mm -hmm. like a purposeful thing. And then mm -hmm. with McAvoy, you get a slow pan up. You're thinking, oh, we're not actually going to get a pan up. We're going to get his reaction. No, you get mm -hmm. a slow pan up, her entire body completely naked, completely shaven, looking stupidly serious <laughs> nothing coy or sexy about it mm -mm. and then he just sits there like a gasp just like how do you know how do you know <laughs> yeah. touches her pussy and then sort of makes this little whimper noise <laughs> and then you cut to him sitting on the bed naked in the most unattractive pose like his legs are sort of spread Aww. but he's slouched with his little belly even though he's fit in this movie but somehow they make him look really unattractive in that shot and the camera's on like an angle you're like you can't make you can't make it that bad if you try. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this weird obsession, which then they try and legitimize later with his with his love of paintings and the era of women having low pubic hair. But it's like they have iPads, so they must be living like this is set in today's world. Yeah, yeah. She could not the only girl who doesn't have hair on her vagina <laughs> no what I, I was thinking yeah it's like how did no one else he acts like yeah. that's, this is it's the like, only person and the first yeah. time i've ever seen that yeah it's like, like well you have ipads you so do, i think like, there's enough social media going around yeah. to pressure girls but regardless into, yeah. it's just so waxes dumb why is it yeah. even necessary it's there is so no bizarre i'm all for pointless nudity male and female in movies <laughs> but there is there so... were no penises no. no there's a few butts no penis and you so nearly get james mcavoy's penis in this and you could easily have Vincent because he, he's French. He would have. Oh like, yeah, he would totally. Shit. Yeah. He's done full nudity many times. Oh. I just can't comprehend why this scene needed to be in it. Why mm -hmm. any of the storyline about her having a shaved pussy needed to be in this mm -hmm. movie? Why you had to have James McAvoy having a weird fetish? Mm -hmm. It just had nothing to do with anything. Well, I thought it was trying to like justify her obsession with getting that painting that symbolizes their time together. Kind of but thing, their time but together yeah, is symbolized just... by he wanted her to shave herself. Yes. Like that's really and the most important her. pinnacle. Because oh, that's really the romantic memory you get. You get their date and then you get like one clip of them sort of laughing 
And then you get that conversation when he's cooking for her. And she's like, all right, I get the idea. I'll shave and throws mm-hmm. the book at him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. really? That's what your entire relationship was summarized <laughs> by? <laughs> it's oh, fucking awful. Yeah. Unbelievable. But so funny. Kind of encourage people to check out that scene. It's got to be on <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, but out of context, it'd be even funnier. It'd just be hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. All right, should we just wrap this up? <laughs> I would like to pretend that people right? don't know where we're going. <laughs> and to be clear, none of us spoke a word after watching this film. So everyone's no. heard our full <laughs> conversation about yep. this. We didn't give a clue of whether we liked this or not. Nope. The sets are horrible. <laughs> the sets are so bad. Yeah. And one of them is one of our favorite restaurants up the road from where we're recording this Yowacha. podcast right now in Yoacha. One of my favorite restaurants. But the sets are just... And they seem to have, like, picked these, like, recognizably London places intentionally. But they didn't make them look very nice. They're so bland, so Mm warehousey. It's just no personality. You get the flashbacks, like, with him and his imaginary girlfriend, which I guess is actually Rosario Dawson driving through France in the little car. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But that that thing, I'm like, I want to see that movie. That looks way better. There's some character (laughs) in some of the flashbacks. That is not present anywhere else in the film. Um, and other than, yeah, a handful of shots, that was like, that's a cool shot and that's a cool shot. That's a cool shot. Mm-hmm. I think Danny Boyle, he's going to do some cool shots by accident. <laughs> if you leave him <laughs> shooting for long enough. Other than that, there's, there's nothing yeah that attractive in this film to look at even. Um, all right. Do I have anything else on my list? No, I've got nothing else on my list. Oh, oh yeah. No, sorry. You did mention the dead girl, random girl that James McAvoy killed because he thought yeah. she was oh, yeah. his he ex. He thinks this is ex. And she was in the back of his car the whole time and they didn't smell her until like they actually... Yeah, it was being kept in some facility. Yeah. yeah. Think to be fair, that was a car in a garage that was kept somewhere, so I could believe. Yeah, but they was. drove it to another location. So surely they could have smelt her. Maybe, yeah. I anyway. Know. I don't know. The, uh, she looks pretty cool. The effects on her are pretty cool. That's something yeah. I can say about yeah. the film. She had no jaw anymore, which was kind of yeah. cool. Hey, uh, guys. Okay. <laughs> so, Danny Ball's 10th film. After 127 uh. hours. So, when you were saying before, Haruka. Yes. You lost heart with Slumdog. Yeah. You, well, I time, yeah. lost more heart with 127 hours. Yeah. You were off the Danny Ball train, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then you saw Tran- Trance was coming out and you thought, oh, maybe you should go see it. And you thought, mm-hmm. oh, we haven't really been that enamored with him anymore, so maybe mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Now that you finally see it, yes. did it turn you around? Was it better than 127 hours? Oh my God, it was fucking amazing. <laughs> Not. No, it's... Um, I mean, I appreciated what they were trying to do, like, you know, trying to be the new memento, you know, whatever, like big twists, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no, no didn't work it wasn't believable at all um the characters weren't likable um the shots weren't that great like the locations weren't great the soundtrack was pretty bad um yeah it was a mess it was a mess mess. that sums it up (laughs) (laughs) it was a mess yeah you you just stop caring about everyone so early on mm-hmm. and then it's just everything's downhill from there this was a movie i would have stopped watching 
Yeah. Like, even knowing Danny Boyle directed, I would have mm-hmm. stopped watching this film. Or I would have fast forwarded, just go, okay, what's the ending? Just you made a like, joke mm-hmm. about it being good that our food was going to come halfway through the movie because we might need a break. And it <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, I've never well. seen this film. Turns out there's a reason why people didn't see mm-hmm. this film, even yeah. though it did do a better return than some of the others. Which is crazy. Um, Maybe I it's better translated into another language. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they just tidy everything up and all of the subtitles make sense. Maybe. Some people just like these movies, like these kind of mindfuck movies. And it makes some sense, just not good sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some of these mindfuck movies literally make no sense whatsoever. There's some sense here. It just isn't character-driven sense. Mm-hmm. It's plot-driven sense. And, and Inception, so, like the whole point of Inception is, yeah, sometimes you don't know when they're dreaming and sometimes you do. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were trying to do here. But in Inception, they pull it off that you don't need to know if they are or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here, it's just like people will die and then come back and it's all shot the same way and you just have no idea the whole time. And they mm-hmm. never address it. They never cover it yeah. again. It's just all of a sudden people are back. Yeah. All because of hypnotherapy. It just mm-hmm. makes no sense. What? Nothing hey, but he's in is the 5%. tied together at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The problem is, like, I'm fine. You can have a mindfuck of a movie and it doesn't have to make sense, but then it's got to be entertaining. And that's the thing. I Like, if I judge this as a Danny Boyle film, there are some Danny Boyle bits here and there. It's, in my opinion, the worst Danny Boyle film he's made. I think Sunshine looks less like Danny Boyle in terms of how it's shot. I think Millions looks less like Danny Boyle in how it's shot. But in a success for what it's trying to do, really fucking bad. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not entertaining. It's like, I don't, it doesn't work mm-hmm. as a mindfuck. It doesn't work as Danny Boyle. And if I just rented that out, I would be like, what are all these great actors doing in this weird little mm. movie? Like, I wouldn't, it would just be one of those strange films that just comes and goes, yeah. as it should. Yeah. Um, so, by, for me at the moment, and I have to go back and reflect, and maybe something else will happen with Steve Jobs and Train Spotting too. But for me at the moment, my least favorite Danny Boyle film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because I think Millions, as much as I think this is more, way more stylish and ambitious than Millions, Millions I felt was closer to achieving what it set out to do yeah. than this. I think I liked this a bit more than Millions, but only because I really didn't like Millions. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's on the same level. Yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about Millions at all, but I, at the end of the day, for me, it was coherent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was not coherent. That's no. for sure. <laughs> all right. That was uh, the 10th Danny Boyle movie. <laughs> On our next podcast, we'll be discussing Steve Jobs, uh, another controversial film from his, which I'm looking forward to revisiting. Um, you can follow all of our podcasts. If you go to We Are Geeks on iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us. You'll also get our weekly podcast comes out every Tuesday, just called Geeks, where we talk about topical games and movie news and reviews and things like that. Uh, you can also go to We Are Tessellate with two L's and two s's that was wrong around say that <laughs> two, we are tessellate with two s's and two l's.com and that will um branch you through you can see all of our films on our music you can branch out to all of our social medias i'm mr al white on everything allison is ali sue just on instagram yep and haruka i'm haruka abe on twitter and facebook and ruka.haruka on instagram yeah i made it and oh shit on pinterest <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody for listening we will be back next time with steve jobs and we're out Bye. Bye.